RWJ Barnabas Health Telemed offers you two convenient ways to see a doctor anytime, anywhere, without having to come in for an appointment. If you're in need of urgent care, you can use our app to connect with a provider 24-7, right on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. Or you can use our website to schedule a virtual visit with an RWJ Barnabas Health Medical Group provider or specialist. And you can even register as a new patient. Book an appointment online at rwjbh.org slash telemed. Your safety has always been our top priority and we've taken every precaution. So don't delay your care any longer. Get started today at rwjbh.org slash telemed. RWJ Barnabas Health. Let's be healthy together. Hello again, everyone. I'm Matt Laughlin, joined today by Sam Kassan. We welcome you to Speak of the Devils, presented by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. Lindy Ruff's one of his assistants at any rate, it's a Hall of Famer, Mark Recchi. And we're going to spend some time with Mark, find out what life Sam is like as an assistant coach. You got to know him pretty well when he was in Pittsburgh, didn't you? Yeah, for quite a few years. First, he came in as a development coach for the Penguins, won two Stanley Cups to go along with the three he won as a player, and then stepped up whenever uh, Rick Tockett went to Arizona to become the head coach. There was a vacancy, so Rex stepped in and became, again, working with the forwards. His first assistant coach job, spent a couple of years in Pittsburgh, and then came over here to New Jersey. So I, I got to know him real well, especially, so he was obviously inducted into the Hall of Fame, as you mentioned, and I had really the honor and privilege to be with him during that entire weekend. We basically, uh, the, the content team there in Pittsburgh saddled up with him, followed him everywhere, probably annoyed the heck out of him, but you know, got to meet him, got to meet his family, Mel and Ruth, his parents, uh, just great, good old people from Kaloops, you know, good down to earth, salt of the earth, as you would expect. And you can see why uh, Mark has turned out the way he is. And obviously a very decorated career. And now the start of a coaching career that I, you know, assume will be, again, long, very lucrative and very decorated as well. Yeah, it's no coincidence when success throughout your career is a part of your resume. And as you mentioned, uh, you know, the five Stanley Cups in the Hall of Fame. And we talk about that Hall of Fame induction during the course of our conversation with them and his parents come up at the end. And we also found out a little something about Lindy Ruff. You know, if you play in the best league in the world, you have a level of athleticism that most of us can only wish to have. But sounds like Lindy takes it to another level, not compete now. We know he competes, but athleticism. Yeah. Well, for first of all, I don't, I don't want to give away too much, but there's a very interesting aspect of his golf game that, <laughs> that Mark will get into. But yeah, you said for, for a guy that's 61, 62, however old, Lindy is, uh, I know it's early sixties, a sexagenarian, but he's a guy that can still get it done, whether it's ping pong, you know, playing, playing a game, a cornhole, uh, darts. And it's, it's all like the, I don't want to say the lazy man sports now, but obviously off the ice, it's, it's kind of those things. Right. But the competitive spirit is in there and in Lindy. And apparently he's just kicking everyone's rears on the coaching staff. They, they have these competitions and he apparently wins them all now. I hope that, that they're not letting him win because he's the head coach, but 
I know no, they would never no, admit no, that. They those, would never admit those that. former hockey players, they are not letting anybody win. No, you're right, though. Uh, when the head coach is out there, you wonder sometimes, all right, you know, is this better career move? <laughs> but I was fascinated as you were, uh, as you were about the uh, Lindy Ruff golf club selection thing. So let's just send it off to our interview with Devils assistant coach Mark Recchi. Mark, thanks so much for spending time with us. Uh, appreciate it. A, a busy time as we record this. Camp is just opening up. But I, I want to ask you a little bit as you reflect on that first year alongside Lindy Ruff. And it was an unusual year to say the least. What did you take out of it? Um, well, obviously, you learned a lot, uh, you know, especially with this young group. And, and uh, you know, obviously, you learned a lot from Lindy as well. He's been around the game for a long time as well. And, and uh, you know, it, it wasn't easy with how everybody, you know, how we had to go through all the COVID protocols and everything. It wasn't an easy year, year by any stretch for, for all involved, but, uh, you know, I think we handled it well. The guys handled it well, the players, coaches, the management. And, uh, you know, I think we learned a lot from it. What was the most difficult thing? What were you prevented in a way from doing well, as the coach that, the circumstances just dictated. Yeah, well, you you know what? In terms of coaching, it, it never really, uh, really never impacted us there. We still had, you know, we still had the same interaction with the players that we would, uh, you know, but it's just all the, you know, going out with, you know, going out for dinners, going out when you get on the road, you know, you just, you get out of the hotel and, uh, you know, basically locked up in a hotel for, you know, uh, went from one hotel to the next and one, room to next and you know really you didn't leave that and you know that just got old after a while uh but in terms of coaching we, there was no there was no uh holdbacks for that at all Chris, what was it like working with uh lindy ruff and i don't know if you'd worked with him before any uh in any capacity but did anything surprise you anything jump out to you about your experience with him um no it was it was great experience uh lindy's an awesome guy um I learned he's an awesome athlete. <laughs> he's an incredible athlete. He kicks our butt in everything we, we play him in. So, uh, um, you know, but he's got a, he's got a terrific sense of humor. He's got a great hockey mind. You know, he's, uh, he's very sharp and, and, um, you know, it was, it's been a lot of fun and it was my first time working. With him. So, um, obviously played against him, you know, played against him as a player played also. And then obviously, you know, him being a coach for such a long time, against his team so it was, it was terrific and and uh you know really really enjoyed it you said he beat you guys on the competitions what do you guys do for competitions what's ping pong to what's that sandbag game you throw like you know a cornhole um you know any game we played that you know he, he did we played shuffleboard the other day sure enough greatest shuffleboard too kicking <laughs> our butts and and uh you know he's a good golfer he's you know he does well on the golf course too plays right-handed and left-handed which is crazy so you know it's just it's pretty funny so wait does he have two different kind of clubs with him yes yes he, he, he hits the ball right-handed with his drivers and then he uses two left-handed wedges so yeah that's crazy yeah <laughs> so, but wow love to, love to see that i saw some video uh he was showing 
from the summertime where he was on a, uh, a, a wakeboard, you know, he, I guess on out in Idaho where he's got a home, uh, he lives near a lake and, you know, he was riding that board really well. And then it lifted up in the air a little bit. I don't know what the heck he had, but he's like riding above the surf a yeah. little bit too. It was, it, it was crazy. Yeah. I heard about that. I heard he's un- unbelievable at wake play wakeboarding, I guess it is. Uh, mm-hmm. And he, he can spin around and do all that, you know, all that stuff. And yeah, I don't, I don't even think I'd try it. So. <laughs> hey, I got to ask you, what's it like, right? I mean, you played in the best league in the world hall of fame career probably in most things athletically that you did, you were the best guy, you know, certainly growing up on the block, so to speak, and you could handle your own in any contest. So what's it like? What's the frustration like when you just can't beat the head guy, no matter what it is? Yeah, it, it was crazy. Like I, uh, you know, I'm going to have to try and get him at ping pong again, but uh, uh, try and we'll try and match it. Cause we, you know, we have some good or pretty good matches. I know him and tails, they get at it pretty good. So, um, you know, tails comes back frustrated like me half the time, but, uh, you know, when you do get them that one time, it's like, yes, run, get out of there. It's like, <laughs> I beat him, <laughs> but it doesn't happen very often. And Rex working with, uh, obviously you talked about working with the devils for the first year. I just wonder what your kind of takeaway is working with guys like Jack Hughes and Nico Heesher and some of these young talented forwards that, you know, you're, you're, being able to work with for the first time, well, not for the first time, but last year for the first time, and what you kind of took away from that? Yeah, I, I, I loved it. I mean, they're great, you know, all great young men. Um, you know, Bradder, Zaka, um, Jack, um, you know, it, it's it, Nico, obviously, but Nico is in and out, you know, obviously, uh, you know, they're just such all be players. They want to be players. They want to be great. And, you know, I just learned a lot from that, that, you know, for, for that, you know, we, we built a great relationship, I think. And, and uh, we have a good trust with each other and, and uh, you know, I think uh, push them to get better and uh, maybe leadership, uh, how do they handle some things with, with being a leader? Um, you know, I think that's the next step for them, for all of those guys is, you know, that they can turn in not only great hockey players, but be great leaders as well. And something, speaking of leadership, I mean, something that stuck out to me with Nico, I remember last year, it was, I think it was the second to last game of the season in Long Island. I mean, obviously a meaningless game. Uh, protecting a lead and the kids had his face smashed in during the year. He's had COVID. He had the issue with his leg earlier in the year and yet second game of the year, meaningless. He's out there diving, blocking a Pelly shot. who has got one of the harder shots in the league. I mean, what does that speak of, you know, when you talk about leadership, when a guy does that with nothing on the line, but he's still lay- laying it all out there. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what's going to be the difference uh, as these guys, you know, and, and it's got to start from day one now. And, but that's infectious, you know, that's, you know, other guys see it. And it's like, oh man, there's our captain. He's leading the way. You know, he is he is going to block shots, and and that's the mindset all our guys got to have, and and uh, they will, and and they can hold. They got to hold each other accountable as well. Like I, you know, there's nothing better as in the dressing room is that you know the coaches can just kind of let the let the players um, you know hold themselves accountable, and and that to me that's the teams that win championships are the ones that are able to do that. And, uh, you know, Hey, there's, you know, they're, they're in it together and they're going to hold each other accountable. They're going to push each other. Uh, they're going to pat each other on the back. They're going to do, you know, the things that necessary, uh, to make sure that they're, you know, all, all the, all in this together and all feel important. Have you, did you see that growth during the course of the season? I know at one point after Travis and uh, Kyle were traded, there was a players only meeting that 
kind of turned the season around a little bit. You know, they, had, they ended up going on a four-game, five-game winning streak, unbeaten streak. Um, do you see those guys kind of grow in those roles over the course of the year? Absolutely. Uh, you saw it, you saw it come out, uh, you know, you saw it, saw it come out in, you know, in well, all those guys really, because they started holding, you know, they were all, you know, they, they all have a great relationship. So, you know, and obviously we talked to them about, don't be afraid to hold each other, like, you know, push each other to get better, push each other to, you know, uh, you know, help each other do everything. And, and, and definitely saw it. I mean, with, you know, with, with Jack, Ty Smith, um, you know, they, they have leadership qualities, all those guys that uh, can really benefit each of them. And, and uh, that's, that's what they're going to have to be if, uh, if we want to continue to get better. When the team was in Buffalo, you were there with the staff watching the prospects play. And my broadcast partner, Chico Rash, was asking you a question about some of the younger forwards. And you said that you, they, they've got to learn, right? You got to get inside those defense. Like you keep on the perimeter is fine. There's particularly, you know, European guys, it's a narrower surface now, but you're used to staying on the outside. You got to get on the inside. Like how hard is it? It seems kind of simple, but it's not. So can you just talk to the listeners about what it is just moving off that wall, getting inside to a scoring position and, and how you go about doing it on a regular basis? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it you know, where we were in particular talking about Holtz and, and, uh, you know, he's come from obviously a European ice where it's bigger. You have more space outside. Um, you know, the, you know, a lot of teams, everything's kind of played more on the outside when in the NHL, if you don't play inside, you're not, you don't get great scoring chances. And that, that's where the young guys have to, to learn, to find that little spot. I mean, like Holtz is by no means, is he not a free, he's a, he, he's, he'll go there. He like you know, but it's just a, got to become a habit. That's where it's going to happen in practice. It'll happen in exhibition games, like, you know, and just, and that's what the coaching staff's uh, job is, is to help them with that and, and, you know, make sure, show them clips. Okay. Or maybe this is where you got to get inside to try and find that little soft spot or, or, you know, you might open somebody up because you go inside. Now it opens up another, another guy in your team. And, and that's just being a good teammate as well. So, you know, it, it's, we have a lot of guys that are, you know, like, um, you know, I think Pavel, Pavel Zach has, you know, like he, Jesper Bratt, they got a lot better at that even last year. And I think they saw the results and, uh, you know, and again, they're European guys and, and, uh, you know, not that, you know, North Americans don't, but they, you know, it's sometimes when you're that skilled, you have the puck all the time and you're on, you, you know, you get yourself on the outside and, you know, it's learning how to score, get inside to score goals. And, you know, our, our guys all saw that even Jack and, and, uh, you know, Jack tends to have the puck a ton. So he would, he would get on the outside and, but he was learning to get inside and being, you know, getting those opportunities and, and uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's going to be fun to watch their, their growth here. And uh, you know, it's fun being part of it. It's fun coaching because they all want to, they all want to, they all want to get better. So. so just getting inside is a big part of the equation. What's the next part of getting inside, but then moving a little bit, not staying in the same spot, finding the softer areas. Chico hates when we say the hard areas. He goes, Maddie, there are no hard areas like back in the day. There's no <laughs> splashing and back, you know, and, and cross-checking going on. But still moving, just not getting inside, but now moving. Just take a, a stride to the left, to the right, move up, move down. Just talk a little bit about that, and, and how that is a necessary part of any player's game. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, you can't stand in one spot without get che- you know, somebody's going to check you eventually, uh, or, or get a, you know, stick by them. You, you might be a stick length away from a guy, but you're still, so you have to just, you just have to maneuver in there. You got to find it. And, uh, you know, it's just a lot of it is sense and just recognizing, you know, I got to get into a little different spot, create a different angle. Uh, you know, eat a better, could be a better option to make a pass if you just move over a couple of feet and, um, you know, it's just lots of little details like that, but, uh, the guys are getting, you know, they'll, they get the hang of it and they, they know what they're doing. And, and, um, you know, it's exciting, you know, it's exciting for all of us really because of all these young guys. You started your career in the late eighties and it was still uh, that rough and tumble era for hockey. So who are some of the guys that when you, and they had to think about you, you wound up scoring 577 goals. And I mentioned it earlier in the hall of fame, but who were some of the guys that when you went into a building, you said, Oh my goodness, there's going to be a stick across my, my back on a regular occasion. I'm going to get a smack on the ankles. It's, it's going to be a night where I'm going to have to battle all the way through. Every one of them. (laughs) (laughs) That was the way the game was played. Uh, when I came in and, and juniors and, you know, growing up and yeah, you just, you know, you were allowed to cross check hard. You were allowed to slash like, you know, yeah. They was two handers across your arms, your legs, whatever. Like it did that way. It was, it was every place you, every night you played, that's what you, you had to be prepared to play through that. And, uh, you know, which is, you know, it's fine. I think the game's better now for it. Um, because it's, you know, it's faster, it's skilled and, and, and that, but, you know, back then, you, you know, they, you know, it was, it was, it was uh, abuse of hockey. <laughs> it was so there had to be come on there had to be a couple of guys that were a little nastier well, than others well yeah for sure there's there was guys that are you know like i remember lyle Oldline and and uh you know obviously scott was somebody scott stevens you're somebody you had to be ready scott only was mean in terms of with his stick and slashing but he also was a great hitter so you had the combination of that those guys that were like that that were good hitters i mean there were some guys that they demand they were they were just nasty but they weren't, they weren't as skilled. Like they didn't skate as well as, uh, you know, so they couldn't be as impactful as, as, uh, you know, a guy like Scott Stevens, because he was a really good skater. So, you know, there was, you know, there was, there was lots of guys that were you know pretty nasty. So Darius Kasparitis ever get a piece of you? No, no, he never got a piece of me. So, you know, um, but you know, you, when you did have to be aware of him, uh, he, he, you know, cause he could, he stepped up, he was great at stepping up. That hip check, my goodness, that's a part you don't of the game you don't see too much anymore. But boy, he could just come sliding across out of nowhere seemingly. And oof, it was it was no fun, I'm sure, to be on the absorbing end of that. But glad glad he didn't line you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Rex, I'm sure you don't miss going through that abuse on a daily basis in the National Hockey League. But what are some aspects of the game as a player that you you kind of miss? Um well, you know what, you really, when you're out of the game, you, you know, even coaching, it's, you know, we have a great bond with, with, with obviously our coaching staff and players, but you know, you miss that, that competitive, like getting out there and just doing it, you know, like that's, that's the hardest part when you stop playing is like, you're, you've been doing it for so long and, you know, it's just not having that, you know, that, 
that great feeling. There's nothing better than that feeling when you're going out and competing and, and you know, you have some success and, and uh, you know, the failures and, and you, you, you fight through it, you fight through the adversity. And that's just all the stuff that I missed when, when I stopped playing, but, and, you know, but now you got to live through the players and, and, uh, you know, we have a great relationship with us coaching staff. So we have a lot of fun. So we still have that camaraderie, which is great. Uh, but, uh, you know, that definitely, you know, how, you know, some of the things you miss. Well, the competition just moves from ice to say the ping pong table or the, uh, golf yeah. maybe, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely does. So yeah, we had some, we had a good match in Buffalo the other day too. So it was pretty good. So on the golf course. Are any memories really stand out to you? From your career, obviously, I know there's cups and there's all those th first game, all those big memories. But anything yeah. really jump out to you if you just sat there and thought about? Um, no, winning the cup obviously was that. I mean, that, those are the ones that stand out to me. That's why you know you play the game, you want to win Stanley Cup. It's you know when you're a young boy grow, playing street hockey and and uh, pond hockey and and um, you know you you dream about playing for the Stanley Cup. So obviously, those ones, I you know. Um, just the, you know, I don't, you know, just having, you know, the teammates and the relationships that you build over the years and, and uh, just, you know, I love that, that part of the game. And that, you know, I really, you know, I just, you know, hockey get, has given me so much and it's just, uh, you know, I'm thankful and, and uh, it's been a, it's been a great journey and, and uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we can, you know, we can finish this off here in New Jersey and get uh, build another championship team. I don't know if you remember this, but obviously I was with you in Toronto when you were inducted in the Hall of Fame. And yeah. during that, there was obviously a lot going on. There was media, there was this, this, that, and the other thing. And but at one point we we were chatting and you said it just feels surreal. It doesn't feel like it's real. That was yeah. a couple of years ago. So does it feel real now? Has it sunk in at all that feeling? Yeah, it it has, yeah, for sure. And and you know, it's been four years now. And, you know, it was such a special time and and you know, emotional time and you know, and you know, it's so funny because I still don't consider myself, I don't know, I just don't, you know, don't think of it that way. And, and um, you know, I think, oh my God, I can't believe I'm in the Hall of Fame. You know, like, you know, I still have those moments, but, um, you know, I got to get to, you know, obviously it has not so much lately, but a couple of years later, I got to go to a couple of Hall of Fame events and and uh, being with around the other guys was just was, you know, so incredible. Like, you know, all the Montreal Canadian guys and, and uh, you know, things like that. And it was, it's pretty special, obviously. So. You won your last cup with Boston and uh, you, right after you announced, you, you announced your retirement on the air. Mm -hmm. Is that not true? Yeah. yeah. So did, so you knew, that that was it, that, that you were going to ride uh, off into whatever the post-playing career would hold for you. So what was, what was that whole moment like? You're, it, the career's coming to an end. You're at the pinnacle. I'm just wondering what the emotions of that night must have been like. Well, just winning it helped. That's for sure. <laughs> so um, the night before I, I, you know, I had known pretty much, uh, riding down the end that, that it was probably going to be it. So I had, you know, invited Sean Thornton up for a glass of wine uh, night before the last game. And it was kind of a beautiful setting. We had a, a view of the ocean and uh, the Pacific ocean and, and just sat out there and sipped on a glass of wine. And, and uh, I was, I was at peace with it. I knew that this was going to be it. I had a great run. I was 43 at the time. And, and uh, you know, it was time for me to, you know, uh, 
move on and do some other things. And, um, and to, to, to end up by winning, but obviously that just was the icing on the cake. You know, it was, uh, you know, we had a great group in Boston and, and, uh, we'd been through a lot, two and a half years that I was there together. And, uh, you know, to be able to do it actually right in Vancouver, my home province, um, you know, I had, you know, my brothers were there and, uh, fortunately my parents couldn't get down. Uh, but you know, it was, uh, you know, it was a special night. It was, uh, you know, Pierre McGuire just asked me and, you know, I just, and I just said, yeah, this, I'm, I'm, you know, this is it. And had a great run and, you know, uh, uh it was pretty, you know, obviously it was a pretty special time after that. Um, you know, all my teammates, I, I don't know if they knew or not, but you know, they, I think they had feelings that this probably was going to be it, but, uh, you know, it was, it was awesome. Can't script it any better than that in, in so many ways. Did you know that you were going to stay in the game? Did you know that coaching or some management was going to be what you wanted to do for the rest of your life? Um, yeah, I figured I'd get back in. I needed to take a couple of years. I, I needed to take a little break. Um, you know, I think it's good to take a step back and, and, uh, you know, I did that. I coached, uh, I coached minor hockey for a few years, just, uh, you know, to just stay involved with my, with one of my son's team and, uh, for a few years, enjoyed that. And then, you know, Jimmy Rutherford, uh, you know, I got talking to him and got slid into the player development role and just started off part-time my first year and let's see how you like it. And then went from there and, you know, I, you know, we, uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. It was great being back in the game again. So, you know, it just, and then, you know, eventually evolved to, you know, when Rick Tockett left, uh, they asked me if I, you know, jump into coaching. So, um, you know, and it was, you know, at that point, I, you know, I talked to my family about it. You know, it's just the way I want to go, road I want to go. And, and uh, you know, so it was great. And obviously Mike Sullivan was terrific and Jimmy Rutherford. So, you know, they, they were terrific in that. Uh, you know, and making me, you know, help make that decision. How different is it coaching? I mean, obviously you think as a former player, it's something you can easily relate to, but obviously it's a whole different animal and a whole different way of handling the business. Damn long hours. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you're not out of here by 11 and, uh, uh <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, not, not go to the rank workout and say, Hey boys, let's go for lunch. And that's it. You know, <laughs> done for the day. now that's, uh, it's a lot of video. And that's, that's the one thing, like, you know, obviously when I was in player development, and, you know, it was a whole nother bag, you know, can of worms, like you were helping building a team when you were help young prospects. Um, so there was some of that, but you know, you was a little different with the travel. You were kind of on your own schedule. Um, and, uh, but I really love that as well. I love the building part, uh, building part of, uh, uh, of building a team. And then, you know, but coaching is just, you know, you spend a lot of time, in video and that's you know um the great thing about lindy is like you know sometimes he's just like hey let's just go out and talk to the guys like let's get away from the computer and let's let's go out and just talk to the guys hang out and you know because sometimes you can get so focused on okay getting your video done getting you know getting the players clips done and you know to show them the help and you know so you know it's it's been great it's been a great learning process for me and and a fun one. So, um, you know, we'll see where it takes me. So you mentioned it being a learning process, but there any coaches when you were a player that, you know, maybe did something and you in the back of your head and you're like, Oh, if I ever get into coaching, that's a way I would like to do it. Or, or any, any guys that influenced you throughout your playing career that you've taken into the coaching role? 
Yeah, I, I had so many great coaches. Um, you know, I mean, it ended with Claude Julian, who was a terrific coach. I mean, I had Bob Johnson, Ken Hitchcock, Roger Nielsen. God, I, I mean, Elaine Vigneault was, it was his first time in the NHL when I had him and he was, I really liked him. Um, God, I could, I could go on there. We had a lot of great coaches and, you know, um, I think it's, you know, I took a little bit of every, something from them, um, you know, things I, you know, would want to do as, you know, I think of what, when I played, what would I want the coach to do? And, and that's how I try and think. And, um, you know, what would I, what would I want as a player? How do, how would I, you know, handle it? And there's sometimes you have to guide a player here and there, but, um, you know, but it's something I, I, I never, you know, that'll always just, you know, obviously you have to build trust with players. It's, uh, it, you know, they have to trust you. You have to trust them. And, and you got to build that relationship to me, which is huge as a coach. There had to be a guy too, and we, we won't get in, but there had to be a guy or two along the way where you said, if I ever get to coach, I'm never doing that. that oh, way. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No, there's no, there's, there's, yeah, there's a few that, yeah, I would say definitely. But, uh, um, you know, that I was like, I'll never, I'd never handle players that way or, um, you know, I mean, obviously times were different back then. Coaches didn't communicate when I first came in the league as much as they, you know, as much as we have to now, I think it's a different, it's a different era, different time and, uh, communication is so huge now. Right. So if you, if you didn't, you know, if you didn't talk to the coach for two weeks, you didn't, you know, big deal. That's actually, that was probably a good thing. You weren't talking to the coach. So, um, you know, cause you're either going to get screamed at or, or whatever. So it's good that you're not getting screamed at. So. Yeah, and, and these players now, and, and this is not a knock at all, it's just the reality is how they've grown up. There's been much more of that. And so if you're not in contact with them, they're like, why isn't the coach talking to me? You know, so it, it, it's far different world yeah. uh, than you're seeing out in hockey, you know? Yeah, no question. And it's good. I mean, that's, you know, you just have to evolve as a, as a person, as a coach. And, you know, some like Lindy's been, he's seen it all. Lindy, uh, Lindy's gone through everything and he's terrific at communicating. And uh, so it's, it's, you know, and I'm sure he, had, you know, I don't know what he was like as a coach when he first started, but you know, he, he's terrific. And I think, you know, the guys that evolve with the game will, will always, uh, you know, they'll be able to, you know, help teams win. What is your philosophy as a coach then? What, what do you think makes a coach? Uh, yeah, I'm, well, I'm a very positive, I, I'm very positive with the players. Obviously you try and if there's a negative, you try and follow it up with a, you know, with some, with some positive feedback, but, you know, the, you know, you can obviously have some negative stuff that you got to show them or, or work with them. But it, if you do it in the right way, the player is going to respond properly. Like it's not, you're not beating down somebody. You're, you know, you're, you're working with them. You're, you're, you're in it together. Um, you, they know you're there to help them, which is huge. And uh, if they, if they know that, then little criticism that you have to give to them and, and show them it's, it, it's, they're going to grab it and run with it and say, okay, he has my best interest. So, you know, I'm, I'm work, I'm going with this. So, you know, and obviously, you know, yeah, you, you got to hold them accountable certain ways, different ways. Um, you know, there's always, there's different types of ways to do it. So, you know, but it, it, the key is just keep it, uh, you know, to me, I think keeping it positive with the guys and, and as much as you can and, and, uh, you know, be, be an energetic, you know, guy to be around, like, you know, like, you know, there's going to be ups and downs through the course of the year. And if, 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 if you're, you as a coach are, are staying the you know staying the level, staying the course, and, and uh, not letting the you know emotional roller coaster happen. I think the players respond to it much better. And I remember speaking with uh, Mike Sullivan, obviously 
you worked under. And one of the things he was telling me initially was that really coaching is just the art of interpersonal relationships. Like it's yeah. not as much X's and O's. It's not as much strategy. It's build, as you said, kind of touched on here, building those relationships and then motivating players. Is that kind of the way you've seen the role evolve or do you have maybe specific aspects of the coaching staff that have different roles that have to fill those out? Building those trust, building that trust. And, and, you know, it, you know, then the X's and O's are the easy part. Once you build those relationships and players get it and they buy in and they want to buy in and they want to do the right things though, so, you know, there's, there's no magic, you know, there's no magic wand, but you know, the head coach obviously has a little bit more of the hammer. Um, so we're there to support the head coach as well. You know, we got to still send the same message. Uh, you know, we got to, we got to all be intertwined as coaches. Like you can't, if players sense there's something going on and we don't agree, somebody didn't agree with the head coach, um, you know, and, and believe me, there's our, we discuss things as coaches and, and, uh, we don't always agree on them, but when we leave that room, we've all agreed on something and no one would ever know. So, uh, and I think that's important for the players to know that the coaching staff is all in and they're all in together. And, uh, you know, we're, we're one, we all have different roles. Absolutely. Um, you know, as assistant coaches, we're, you know, our role is to really, you know, really work with these guys and, and spend a ton of time with them and, and let the head coach, you know, he has to manage the accountability and stuff like that. And, and you hope eventually that gets to the dressing room where it's just, they're holding themselves accountable and, and, you know, coach doesn't have to micromanage. And, and I think that's important as well. If I can ask one more, sorry, Sam, uh, don't mean to interrupt. I'll, I'll throw in one more. And you know, of course, Sam, any follow-ups you have, but when, and this is not to suggest that the acquisition of Ryan Graves or Jonathan Bernier were not important. They were. Uh, Thomas Tatar, yes. But when Dougie Hamilton signed, mm -hmm. what message did that send through everybody and Mark Recchi in particular? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great. I mean, it's like, you know, you know, teams see what we have and what the young guys and, and that, you know, they want to be part of something, you know, uh, moving forward. And, um, you know, they know that this, this is an opportunity to, you know, he made a lo real long-term commitment and uh, he sees the Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratz, Nico, he sees the young guys, uh, you got Ty Smith, you know, you know, when you, when you have a guy who wants to become a, a New Jersey devil, that's, that's all you, you know, can ask for. It's awesome. And, uh, and it can be the same for, I mean, Thomas Tatar, guarantee he had spots. I mean, he's a, he's a great, he's a great addition. Ryan Graves is a great addition. That was a trade, but um, you know, so it's, it, it, we needed those, you know, and, and having Bernier, you know, as a goalie uh, come in, you know, that, you know, that they had options. And when they decide to come to New Jersey, you know, that's, says a lot about the organization and what direction that people see it going, which is, which is important. Last one for me. How are Mel and Ruth doing? They're awesome. Yeah. I haven't seen them in almost two years now though, but so hopefully, um, hopefully they can come over here soon. And, and, uh, you know, I think it got a little lifted, I think. So I'm hoping, you know, they, they wanted to get out here. Uh, so hopefully by Christmas, you know, I'll get a chance to spend some time with them and they get to come and see New Jersey and, and hang out. So we have a couple of good stretches where they can come out. So they're doing great. So. Thanks for asking.
two years. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah, wow. it is it's way too long. So. I hear you. Well, thanks, Mark. We appreciate it. No problem. My pleasure. Awesome, guys. Love having All you. All right. Thank show. you, Mark. Appreciate it as well. Good anytime. luck. You guys know that anytime. So. All right. Thanks. See you, Mike. Congrats on the new house, honey. What's this? Carbon monoxide detectors? Yeah, put one on every level. Because you can't see or smell carbon monoxide. And when fuel-burning appliances aren't working right, CO can build up and be deadly. Guys, I'm on it. We just want to know you're safe. At PSENG, we're committed to your family's safety. Know how to prevent carbon monoxide poisoning. If your CO detector goes off, leave immediately. Then call 911. Protect the ones you love. Learn more at PSEG.com slash gas safety. So much fun to spend that much time with Mark Recchi. What an engaging personality and just so much that uh, he discussed. And going back to the golf story, because as a golfer, I'm just fascinated by it. We were talking just a moment ago, you know, so the more the finesse side, Lindy chooses to shoot from the left, more power side, the drive he does from the right. But we I missed the opportunity. I don't know what side he putts from. Is he a lefty putter or a righty putter? Does it have to do with the green? But that's crazy. I, I've never heard of an ambidextrous golf player. So kudos to Lindy Ruff for that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I will say playing hockey, I could play both right-handed and left-handed. And that was more so uh, just because I played right-handed skating because I was right-handed. But then when I became a goalie, all the passes you make as a goaltender are left-handed. So you got to kind of do both. And, and I noticed that I have more power and strength with my right hand, the slap shots and stuff, but my accuracy is much better left-handed probably because I did a lot more of the, you know, from the goaltending position was doing it more left-handed. So, but to do it in the middle of a game, you know, like you, you tee off right-handed, then you walk up and you, you wedge left-handed. I mean, that's, so when he goes to do the, the driving range, is he working on which side? Like, yeah, right. <laughs> he's crazy. It, it's whatever part of the, his game works. I wonder if we'll see a player. They'll never really go back to the flat blades again, but I wonder if we'd find a player who would have a flatter blade just so that, Hey, whatever the moment calls for, whatever works best for me, I'll just switch the stick quickly and shoot left side or right side. Probably not going to happen, but that would that would definitely open up some eyes. But, boy, I'm really glad we had a chance to spend all that time with uh, Marcus, as, as I said earlier, a really engaging guy and a bonus uh, to the Devils staff, obviously, with that kind of, of a resume. But also what I'm looking forward to, it's like a long-distance hey. I mean, I, I certainly covered him as a player, but, you know, last year was just like, hey, me, I'm in, uh, and you way down there and not really close, but now we're going to get a chance to know these guys a little bit better, get to know them. So that that's a fun part of what we're about uh, to embark on this season. Oh, absolutely. I just, I'm just, and as Mark touched on at the end, there, just looking forward to a normal season and just getting back to some normalcy, playing games, being around everybody, being in the locker room. I mean, you really don't know what it's like until it's, it's gone and you're stuck in the computers and doing these Zooms. And, you know, just, just the interaction, you know, like, like you mentioned, I, uh, Mark obviously was in the bubble with the team for the entire year. I was in the bubble for all of 15 seconds and had a conversation with Mark. It was all of five minutes. So that, that was the entire interaction I had with him for an entire season, which is mind blowing, especially, you know, as you know, during the year, I mean, even if it's just a quick chat while you're waiting for a player to come or waiting for a coach to come to the podium or whatever it may be, just, 
it, it's so hard to, to do that over Zoom and you can't have those interpersonal communication. So I'm certainly looking forward to that. I know he's looking forward to that. And it's going to be nice just to be around the sport again. Yeah, no doubt about that. So that'll wrap things up on this edition of Speak of the Devil. Sam, always appreciate the time we spent together. Always a pleasure. And thank you very much to you who are joining us, uh, our regular listeners. We appreciate it in particular as you've been with us through the whole journey. If you're new, well, welcome aboard. We've got many more podcasts to come this season with Devils players and personnel. Speak of the Devils brought to you by RWJ Barnabas Health, the official health care provider of the New Jersey Devils. I'm Matt Laughlin. We'll see you soon. Until then, be safe, be well. So long, everyone.